Welcome to Hope Ahead, a journey of infertility. My name is Naomi Ripstein. And this is Ryan Ripstein. And this is our story and struggle of trying to conceive. We hope and pray that by sharing our experiences and trials, we will bring glory to God, awareness to infertility, and also be encouraging to others. And just a reminder, this is our story and it personal experiences. We are not offering medical advice. Well, we hope you enjoy the discussion and thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome back to Hope Ahead and Journey of Infertility, um, episode 15. It's so, been a little bit. It's been a little while since yeah. we've joined with you guys. Sorry about that, but you know, life happens and we'll kind of get into what's been going on. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and open us up mm-hmm. in a word of prayer. Mm-hmm. So. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this opportunity to um, share our story and discuss things in our lives with this podcast and just to relate with our viewers and give you the glory, Lord, through this um, trial of infertility. Lord, I just ask you to continue to bless this conversation and um, be with all of our listeners and whatever they're going through and just um, let us continue to look to you during our trials, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we last left you guys after my second surgery at the beginning of October, where we officially removed um, the problems that was inside of me. Mm-hmm. So that was endometriosis yeah. in two different spots, yeah. and then PCOS on both my ovaries. Yeah. And we kind of talked about the recovery and everything, and um, thankfully everything was good. We went to the follow-up appointment. Um, all my incisions were healing well. The doctor gave us the clear to go on our vacation, which yep. was great, so that I could lift my luggage. Which um, I was appreciative. That was kind of a, what do you call it? Prerequisite, <laughs> a prerequisite for the trip. For the yeah. Trip. yeah, gotta be able to lift luggage. Um, but yeah, so what ended up happening, I, I looked at it later with, um, there were wedge resections. So I had an ovarian wedge resection of both ovaries. And I actually was looking at it again today but so your ovaries on average are maybe about like up to almost three inches or something like that. And now obviously if they're swollen, they're going to be growing more and you have the cysts on there and stuff. But I looked for my right ovary, he took out three centimeters. So that's over an inch of my ovary. So essentially mm-hmm. like a third, about a third of it. And then my left ovary, he took out 2.5. So almost exactly an inch. Mm-hmm. So the 2.58 centimeters is an inch, right? But um, I was just so amazed at what a chunk that was taken out of there. But, um, you know, hopefully we were hoping to unload my ovaries that were um, obviously overwhelmed and giving them a little bit of a break so that ovulation is more successful and the dominating follicle has a chance to release a successful mm-hmm. egg for fertilization. And um, so the plan at the last appointment was... Um, you know, I've been charting with the Creighton model, and mm-hmm. if you followed along with the stories and stuff, I've been, I posted one, an example of it yesterday for a success story, and you know, just where you're tracking your cervical mucus and everything, and so not using LH strips, I'm not using the keg, which is that insertable device that I really do love and enjoy, and if you're ever looking for something to help you pinpoint, thing, that's been great, but they didn't want me using anything insertable while trying to like learn this method, and um, not doing anything else, essentially just monitoring like what's going on with my body every time 
you know, like I yeah. wipe or observe or whatever. Yeah, vitamins so, still. Yeah, vitamins are still as allowable. Yes. You start, had to yeah. stop for the surgery. Yeah, but other but than that, other than that, still yeah. take those those things. But yeah. but yeah, all the other monitoring really had stopped. Right, and so with this cycle after, well, I guess I guess a couple of cycles after the surgery, essentially, my doctor just wanted me to once I knew what my peak day was based on what my cervical mucus was doing. I had to then go in for blood draws for estrogen and progesterone on days three, five, seven, nine, and 11, unless my period came first, mm-hmm. in order for them to see like, now after surgery, how's my body regulating hormones? So we're right. kind of in the midst of that now. And that's, um, the first one was today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, just trying to see if I'll need supplementation or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, once I guess we get all that in, we'll follow up with more um, appointments with the doctor and mm-hmm. see if they're going to do more cycle monitoring or if he's just going to give me supplementation. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, um, I think this is the point. So, you know, to kind of bring us up to the the parts, my understanding of the whole process, right, mm-hmm. is so they get you started on the Creighton method monitoring mm-hmm. to get you familiar with it, to get mm-hmm. you good with the checking the observation and, the, and knowing what your body is and like getting yeah. used to doing the observations uh-huh. right because they're so frequently mm-hmm. they're so frequent mm-hmm. and which is part of my like, annoyance but i have gotten better at yeah it's like yeah. almost like abnormal for you and when mm-hmm. you go to the restroom or when you go take a shower or different mm-hmm. things like this mm-hmm. where you now you it's more not probably not 100 percent second nature but more second nature mm-hmm. than it was so mm-hmm. there's that and then from what they could tell of the original assessment, where the doctor surmised that there were issues that they needed to be fixed, so we went mm-hmm. after them with the laparoscopic, laparoscopic surgery, <coughs> and in that situation found a couple of things that he fixed then, and then a couple more things that he needed to go back and right. do. So that's kind of what he went back and did just recently. Mm-hmm. So now that all of the inhibitors maybe if you will that we were having to deal with that mm-hmm. we talked about of all four of those things he said any one of them could have would them, have right. probably prevented us from getting pregnant right. so what i call inhibitors mm-hmm. so now that we have those out of the way now it's back to this cycle and you got your monitoring well, technique down trying it's to see to what cycle. my body would do without those inhibitors right you that's know? right like how would it sh- how should it be functioning how is it functioning so we can without the thing right. so that's kind of where we are right. now and it's like okay now like as of the in the beginning of october mm-hmm. and then after the recovery i suppose so beginning of november really this is like starting almost like day one mm-hmm. i mean kind of from an observation standpoint, yeah. right? As they do as, say like, normally after surgery that it can take about three months, three cycles to kind of to get, get back. regulated yeah. and everything. Just, you know, cause your body's been through a trauma, it needs to heal. So some things could be low, some things could be high. Mm-hmm. You could be infrequent with what you're producing and stuff. But then once your body has healed itself and like your um, reproductive organs are functioning the way they are, your body is absorbing things the way it should then it's really able to look and see like what your starting level is like yeah. you're saying so yeah. it can be within that three months i mean he's right and I, I love the optimism that it's like yeah day one but it yeah. still could be somewhat of a process over the next yeah. couple of months as my body 
figure stuff out. Yeah, so. anywhere from day one to T minus three, yes. something like that is where we are. But yeah. but I guess my point is like now it's kind of the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like everything else has been correcting, figuring out and correcting issues. Mm-hmm. And now we're kind of in the zone of like, okay, monitoring and mm-hmm. what, if anything, needs to be mm-hmm. improved. Yeah, I kind right? of think of, of this, in, cycle. this in the sense with my friends that I know that like fixed their thyroid issue and then were able to get pregnant. And, just, yep. and it was still within, you know, like a three month cycle of them kind of getting a little more regulated, maybe a couple months, but it's something that your body needed or it needed the relief you know what I mean of what it was mm-hmm. already dealing with it can only fight so many things and try to keep you healthy and mm-hmm. like I've said before like I didn't know I had any of these issues so my body was doing a good job fighting this stuff off yeah recovering yeah. for itself anyway. yeah recovering for itself for <laughs> yeah. sure yeah it's kind of like the kid you know it's like did you do such and such no I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> You know, I don't know. There's anything. no record of it. You don't know anything. Yeah, That's you, right. don't, you can't yeah. prove anything. <laughs> so, but yeah, we um, I've been following along with a fertility coach in the sense for the Creighton model. We have been. I mean, obviously, she's going to be dealing more with me because it's my body that we're tracking. Mm-hmm. But um, Ryan's been involved every step of the way. But um, I'm not quite sure how the scoring was ranged. I think it's based off of some of the numbering that you use for like the consistency. Mm -hmm. But she looked at, so I started in July, right before my first surgery. And then, you know, that cycle was kind of messed up. And then, you know, we had about a couple, almost a month in between for the second surgery. But, um, so my, like, I I think I've told you before, my chart's kind of a mess with just a lot of like body bleeding at different times because it's just recovering from the surgery. The surgery, right? yeah. Um, but they still look at all those different things at what's yeah. going on, what's being produced. And she rated like, I guess my cervical mucus quality back in like mid sevens, and then it went to like an eight, and then we kind of bypassed yeah. the week of my second surgery, I guess because things were things off. And, up. Yeah, because <laughs> it forced me into an early um, period in a sense because. They took the wedge, my doctor took the wedge resection, and that's your your follicle and your corpus luteum, which produces the progesterone to keep you going until it drops and then your period starts, right? So because he disrupted that, as soon as the surgery was over, I just went right into it. And at first I didn't know quite what was going on, but interesting fact, you know, yeah. it makes sense now, yeah. you know. And he confirmed too. He's yes, like, yeah, that's probably follow-up. what it was. Yeah. Um, and, but anyway, so when we were talking with, um, our fertility coach and stuff, she recently said that now um, the quality, quantity, or whatever of the cervical mucus was at like a 10. And they normally say that you're good if you're higher than a 9. So that was encouraging to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was kind of funny because this previous cycle, I mean, we were on our vacation and I was stressed. Yeah. We were moving all around, but evidently my cervical mucus was good. Still improving, <laughs> so. yeah. I mean, that's like, that was the one she... No, no, no. No, she used that the one. one that yeah. she used. She used. The one before the that was the skip. Yeah. 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 But anyway, yeah. so an interesting kind of breakdown and layout of how they're doing everything with like the NACRO technology of how they're diagnosing mm-hmm. and looking for the endo and different things, looking at different hormone levels. And then even with this, using the Creighton model to monitor the cervical mucus. So, I mean, I was very frustrated with the Creighton model initially because like he said, it's, it was a new thing I had to get used to. It's very, um, what do you call it? There's a lot of steps that you always have to do because you're It's frequent. It's yeah, frequent observations. Checking and observing your cervical mucus all the time. Yeah. And it's like before and after you go to the bathroom. Yep. Either 
either type of bathroom. Yeah. Before and after shower. Yep. Um, before bed. Yep. When you wake, like in the middle of the night, if you right. go to the bathroom. Right. That's that and was a and even having too sex much in that sense yeah. too. Like you had to monitor what it was doing prior to sex, after sex, different things like that, mm-hmm. so that you knew that it was whether it was you or you know your your partner or whatever that was like what you were reading for the chart. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was you know got used to it and everything like that. But more or less, I'm trying to stick to it. I'm trying to follow it because mm-hmm. if this is like a proven method. I am really trying to give mm-hmm. it over and not test with other stuff. I've been tempted yes, to do some I'll, LH strips. Yes, she's been tempted. And to to her credit, this is not something that Naomi does easily. No. <laughs> follow. It's the, the control rules. thing, right? I was it's like, this is following <laughs> following somebody else's rules by default is you know. It's not so, always a good so character quality. I've been real proud of her. Yes, given, I've been trying. doing the things that she's supposed to. I've been trying. Yes. So. Yeah, so anyway, you know, so we went on this great vacation. Once again, if you were kind of mm-hmm. following along with Instagram and on the stories, we did um, England, Ireland, and Scotland. Yeah. Beautiful countries. Um, but we did hop around quite a bit. We were there two weeks, but we tried to spend about um, three to five days at each location. Mm-hmm. Ireland probably got the short end of the deal, even though we really want to go back. That was probably one mm-hmm. of our favorite places. Scotland was beautiful too, but. In Scotland and England, we had weather delays because of trains, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are systems that have been around for a while, so some of the time we didn't get to do what we were planning or it was yeah. later, and it was just stressful. Yeah, right? yeah. That, that part we was weren't used to it. Travel when things don't go right, yeah. and no matter what, it's just stressful. Yeah. And the systems seemed... that they had set up were good. Yes. And they... And everybody was they super got us sweet there. and great. We really yeah. love and appreciate all the people We got to our destination. Yeah. Just a little bit late, yeah. not horrible, but yeah. still, it's just stressful because yeah. like, well, just traveling I'm going to be doing this thing, and now I'm not going to be able right. to. Right. And it always yeah. seemed to happen like the day before we were going to like go somewhere else. Right. So like the one with England, we got messed up. We couldn't go to the place we were going to, but like the next day we were supposed to fly to Dublin, and I was yeah. like, we got to get back to our hotel yeah. to get our luggage because we got lesson learned. Yeah. Travel days. So, just travel day. <laughs> Don't try to do something else on the same day. Yeah. If I mean, really, if you can help it, but but you know, be the rule. in the sense where you know we were talking about going on vacation, yeah. it was something we needed, something we were excited, something we were yeah. looking forward to, especially after the surgery. And I kind of had you know phrased it as it was like an escape, right? And it just so happened, unfortunately, Ryan got sick near the tail end of the trip. And then I started getting sick literally like the day we were flying home. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, my cycle started. And I knew it was probably kind of coming just because of how like my temperature had been fluctuating. My heart rate had been so high the whole trip. But I really attributed that a lot to the stress and everything. Because when we were pregnant um, that, you know, four years ago now in 2019, that was one of my first indications was how my heart rate went up. And so... Knowing that in the back of my mind, now I know my heart rate goes up within a certain level after I ovulate, so that's another giveaway for me. But this was even higher than that. But I also, mm-hmm. I mean, both of us were not sleeping well. There's not a places that have don't have AC, even though it was um, nice, you know, where we were between 50s and 60s, we would still be in hot places that we were sleeping. Either the heat was on or it'd be rising and we couldn't control it. Yeah. The windows wouldn't open enough. Not so, quite cold enough. Right. To really... So then you're like hot and sweating yeah. during sleep. So like I said, everything was just kind of off. Right. Yeah. And, but we're 
you know, Ryan's starting to maybe recover a little at the end of the flight and we're flying back and like I said, my cycle had started and you know, I went through on the plane, I went through like, he's, he's sitting next to me watching his movie and I went through like a wave of emotions of this is stupid. I can't believe now my period started again. What do you know? And then I'm like right after the end of the trip, but which was a good thing too. Right. But I'm also like, this means we're not pregnant again. Woe is me. This is awful. And then my brain goes to, but it's okay. You know, it's okay. We can try again. Your body is doing what it needs to do. This was a weird time. And then I'm like, okay, what's my next plan? I mean, all within like a matter of minutes. Yeah. Like I went from angry, sad, depressed, the dabda, right? Yeah. To like bargaining to acceptance to being normal again. And I was like, yeah. stinking hormones. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure you guys, well, especially you females can relate. And like I said, Ryan just sitting next to me. He has I no idea. I didn't know what was going I'm on. like, I even got tears going. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, no, suck it up. You're okay. You're okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, I go through that a similar thought okay. process okay. that. Well, good. You not, sure on that. Not in a matter of Maybe minutes. Maybe feel a little better. <laughs> not in a matter of minutes, usually. Yeah. Well, now that I think about it, it might be minutes, actually. Maybe just how we process. Where it's, you know, you get that wave of some reminder that's like, we're not pregnant again. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, mm -hmm. there's something. And you're like, oh, that could be us, but it's not. Yeah. And these kind of things. And you go through, you get a little bit down for a moment or two, and then you're like, no, it's not, you know, there's good with the bad. It's unfortunate we wouldn't choose it, but like we've talked about before, that's what has allowed us to go on mm -hmm. these trips mm -hmm. to not have a child or children to mm -hmm. take with us and mm -hmm. and all these things. And we can kind of just do spur of the moment stuff and where you can't really right? financial benefit. So again, definitely remaining the positive. For you sure. know, looking on the bright side, of course, I think most people. I think most people with kids would not make that trade but since we don't have that choice i think right you know looking on the blessings that we do have in this time is what kind of brings us out of it because without that you would stay in the depression state mm -hmm. right well and it's and, definitely and it's easy to just our, our faith in god i mean definitely that right. gets me out of it quicker that's right because i know that he's in control and i know that he is with me in my sorrow and my my sadness, but then he's also with us in our joy. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, this trip was such a blessing. I mean, we really, other than the rained out things, I mean, weather was great. Mm -hmm. I was with this guy. <laughs> we got to eat a bunch of food, try a bunch of different like um, types of drinks and wonderful people, like meet so many sweet people mm -hmm. and just see like more beauty that's in the world. Yeah. You know, so. It was really, I mean, amazing places. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, thinking back, we got to see a lot of cool places, castles and different mm -hmm. things like this. And that was really cool. But just being in a different place, like the landscapes mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like just looking at it, like this is another thing that God has made mm -hmm. that you don't see every day mm -hmm. living in Texas. Yeah. Right. And, you know, getting to experience all these other places. So it's, it's really a, a great experience. It's a blessing that we were able to do that. We're able to do things like that. Yeah, no. one of the things too, um, so we have been fortunate to go to Hawaii, which is known as the rainbow state. And of course, you know, especially if you've had a miscarriage, you we love that term now, the rainbow baby of like a new promise and everything. And so it, rainbows are just fun and beautiful and uh, marvels as they are. So 
we got to see a lot of rainbows when we were in Hawaii, but I'll tell you, Ireland, boy, with the way that the, um, the like jet stream is and like the storms that were moving through and how the clouds were beautiful, by the way, we, we were very fascinated by the clouds and the systems. Mm. But um, when we went to Northern Ireland, we went up to the giant causeway. Within that four to six hour trip, we saw three, four, three or four different rainbows yeah. and some of them were double. And it was just as they were moving through and then the sun would shine through and you know, you mm -hmm. think of your Irish pot of gold, right? Mm -hmm. But just the magnificent um, beauty of that rainbow just also yeah. gave me hope when we were on that trip. And that might've been yeah. still again of like, you know, you get motivated in that moment when you see these beautiful things and how God creates such wonder. And maybe we attach a little bit of emotion to it in that mm -hmm. sense. So then whenever, you know, things didn't quite go as planned. Like I said, my cycle starting at the end of the trip, yeah. it, it, it kicked in a little bit harder in that sense. And then plus two, it's like with now that kind of what you're saying, we, we got these surgeries done. So even though, yes, logically, I know in my brain that I need time to heal. And, you know, I know of women that have gotten pregnant their first cycle after a surgery. Mm -hmm or within the first couple, right? It's like once they fix that problem, their body was like, all right, let's do this. And so I had that hope, you mm -hmm. know, cautious, yeah. but I was hopeful, but I also was trying to enjoy the trip for what it was and not be in that reality of trying to conceive. But then when we were coming home from our trip and then my period to start, it. Yeah. it was like, wham, yeah. right? And what we did talk about too uh, is how you know, we've talked about on the podcast that we've done these trips and mm -hmm. vacations and been adventures very, and all these things. Blessed, yeah. And we've been very blessed. <laughs> but we also talked about how there is some component, and I don't think we use it exclusively for this, mm -hmm. but there is some component of it that's like this escape that mm -hmm. we use is mm -hmm. kind of a... I'm putting it in air quotes for those that are just listening, but like <laughs> a drug yeah. or something to take us out of reality right. for a time. Right. And there's not anything wrong with that, but it's at the same time, don't put all of your effort there, on that, you know? There's not anything wrong with it as long as you know what it is. Right. Right? I mean, it's very easy. It could be very easy for us to take a trip every month after you you got your period or whatever mm -hmm. when you're sad. I'm okay with that. No, I'm just kidding. But, but that would not be good because right. we're taking ourselves out of the reality and not dealing with it, right? And so, there's, there's several beautiful and wonderful things that we have in reality that we can be grateful for. It that's right. It doesn't take a trip yeah. to see that. So, so it's just you, what we were talking about is to make sure we're appreciative of it for what it is, mm -hmm. but not to be trying to or allowing ourselves to escape mm -hmm. dealing with what we're doing. Way. In I an agree. unhealthy way. In an unhealthy way, right. So, so yeah, like, so what we're talking about, like, you know, kind of back to reality and in that glorifying God, making sure we're mm -hmm. still focused on glorifying him through that this priority. and, yes. and realizing that this is a, this too is a <laughs> blessing that he's given to us mm -hmm. of allowing us to go through this suffering. I mean, I think like that, we've talked about this in different ways before, mm -hmm of like, how do we view this that we're going through? Do we view it as a curse or do we view it as a blessing? Mm -hmm. And I really do think it could be either, mm -hmm. right? It all depends on how you 
mm-hmm. do like what you do with it. Right. The things that this this scenarios or these challenges or whatever you want to call it that God has given us, what do we choose to do with that? Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, we started this podcast and we talk to people about it and you know, try to let others know that they're not alone, all these things that we've talked about. And even though we go on these trips, to come back to reality and make sure that we're still doing what we can in this time. Right. Right. With what we've, with the situation we've been given. And we had even, well, Ryan more or less brought it up again whenever I was in my depths of despair. (laughs) But he um, brought it back around in the sense, you know, to make sure that we were still using this podcast to glorify God and to be that to be our main focus, right? I mean, we're sharing our story, but we really want to glorify God through it so that we are, you know, whether, like you said, you can see this as a bad thing, but we are entrusted this right now. And so mm-hmm. we want to do the best that we can to, um, I guess, not look back on it with any regrets, mm-hmm. but also just be a good representative of Christ and like what he does through us, yeah. through this situation. And I think I had mentioned to you once again, I'm going to reference because I, I, since we have another podcast, I've been doing stuff on Instagram, but, um, there was that other really good podcast with, um, another fellow believer and she is on Instagram. I think it's, um, grace while we wait, but she shares her story of 10 years of infertility and, you know, she, her, her and her husband adopted some children and then had two on their own, but she chose to after time of suffering and different things, but she chose to not look as like Ryan was saying, not infertility as like a curse, but looking at it as something that God is using to draw us closer to him. You know, I never really would say that like my walk with him was bad before, but it has definitely deepened Mm -hmm. for me as an individual. I feel like us as a couple, Mm -hmm. you know, through this journey and like how we communicate, how we look at things differently um, different perspectives and even just different relationships. Like, I mean, I've been so blessed to, you know, make friends with so many wonderful women because of this journey. Mm -hmm. And so looking at it in that way of how God is using us and using these other people that we've been able to meet in our lives and in other people's lives. So Mm -hmm. emotional a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things that I want to, um, make God proud. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and even I just had a thought too. Maybe we can expand on this in a later podcast. But, um, you know, like we've talked about, I do believe that we will eventually have a kid. Whatever that looks like, however that looks like. Um, But then one of my kind of concerns is how do we move from our situation mm-hmm. and interacting with those that are in the same situation mm-hmm. to no longer being in this situation and still interacting mm-hmm. with people in this situation. Right. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah. So, um, may, like I said, maybe we can talk about that a little bit more in a later one. Yeah. This one's already getting think, a little bit long. So I think it's more or less just in the sense that, we are put in this situation, this is our current status, and mm-hmm. you know, however God's gonna use this for our future, I mean, it's already affected us and others, right? And we know that we're we're choosing to like trust in him, you know, and continue to hope 
right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of leads into with our scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Romans fifteen thirteen. So may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what we pray for you all. That's what we pray for ourselves. Yeah. And Hope, hopefully it's making an impact somewhere. Yeah. Maybe we'll never know. Yeah. But... We appreciate you all that are joining in with us. Yeah, thanks for joining in. Thanks for checking back in. What's it been? Probably a month month. since we posted. We really do love you guys. It's just, you know, we've been a little bit out of it. Surgery, vacation, this and that. And then back into the work and, you know. Yeah. So, (laughs) So, but we'll see you guys. Yeah. So I'll close this with a prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Dear God, thank you again for today. Thank you for this uh, podcast that you've entrusted to us. Thank you for the viewers and listeners of the podcast. And just we ask that this would bless them in their situation that they're in. Um, We do ask that uh, you'd encourage anybody to reach out that needs help or someone to talk to. Uh, We just thank you again for today. Thank you for my wife. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And thank you for you guys too. So, yeah, thanks for joining. Bye. Bye.